Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. You are in the gymnasium on the Saturday morning, the 10th of September. And yes, football season is finally upon us. The Bucks tomorrow night, talking about that, breaking down the game, the rest of the NFL, talking some college football, and of course, the Rays in the playoff push. Number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com gets your email right on the show if it's any good. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. Formaggio's Pizzeria, your favorite neighborhood pizzeria, serving up the best hand-tossed New York-style pizza and absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at formaggio's.com or call their friendly staff at 813-689-1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family-owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at formaggios.com. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formaggios Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Let's talk some baseball. Since it is September, we are coming down to the wire here. Probably about, I don't know, 23, 24 games left in the regular season going into this weekend the Rays are 77 games up and 58 down that puts us in second place in the American League East four and a half games back of the Yankees and saying that we're playing the Yankees this weekend up there in Gotham City so I'd love to hear what you have to think about what we need to do to go up there and win the series from the Yankees. We just beat them down here last weekend. I think that if you watch the games, we took two out of three from the Yankees. Should have been three out of three, but of course we pitched to Aaron Judge in the first inning of one game. He hits a home run, and that was the actual difference in the score. Judge scored all three runs in the last series against the Rays. They only scored three runs. That's how great our pitching staff was throughout that whole weekend. But still, we should have taken three out of three. We did go on, and we just got done sweeping the Red Sox, which obviously the Red Sox aren't the team that they've been in the past, but it's always good to beat them, beat them soundly, and move into New York this weekend. So saying that, there's some good news for the Rays on top of us playing well, we are getting Franco back this weekend. So what does he do? What does he bring to this team right now? It's really a good problem to have. Someone was talking to me about, well, what do you do when you bring Franco back? You have Taylor Walls, who's been playing great lately, especially on the defensive side of things. And yeah, it's really a good problem to have. I mean, we just brought back Margot and uh, Ramirez. So you know, we are hitting the ball well. We're scoring runs. I believe we led the league last month, averaging almost six runs a game. So the bats have definitely come alive in the last five, six weeks. Basically, the Rays have found a formula to win in the last half of the year here. And we're just plugging players in that fit 
that certain game plan for us to win. Now, you're never going to have the same lineup with the Rays. Cash doesn't do it that way. He's going to go out there and put in the different lineup every week. Not quite sure who's going to be playing this weekend. I know Rasmussen is scheduled to start uh, last night in the game. So we'll see what happens going forward this weekend. But getting back to Franco, he brings some power from both sides of the plate when he's healthy and when he's able to play. Now, we're assuming that he's going to be able to come back in and step in and help right away. I hear some people saying, well, maybe we should just ease him into the rotation, bring him back slowly and make sure that he doesn't have any other setbacks that wouldn't help the team. I don't know. We didn't do that with, uh, like I said, Margot or Fernandez when he came back, Ramirez. So I don't know. I say we put him in there and see what he has. Do you play him at shortstop right away? That's something that you can you know, throw around, debate as well. Maybe we have him DH for the first couple games. Not put him out there in the field. Keep Walls at short. Maybe you put Walls at third. Franco at short. Maybe you put Franco at short. I mean, Franco at third. Walls at short. You, it's Like I said, it's a good problem to have right now. The team chemistry is... Everyone's ready. There's 25 guys on the team. And, uh, no, I'll tell you what. A lot of times, there are 15, 20 guys being used in a game, especially from the pitching end of it, the way that Cash manages the game. So, talk about the Yankees this weekend. We're four and a half games back. We are first right now in the wild card. I'm going to tell you why that's important as well in a second here. But with the Yankees this weekend, again, let's not let Aaron Judge beat us. I told you he scored three runs, all the runs in the series last weekend, which did not enable us to sweep the series. He's, you know, he's leading, not him, but the Yankees are leading Major League Baseball in home runs and walks. Let's help them increase that lead with walks. <laughs> Let's boost that number for them. Don't pitch to Aaron Judge. I don't care if he... Don't give him anything to hit. If there's nobody on base, well, yeah, okay, we're going to minimize it. There's no one on. All it could be is one run. Well, that one run was the difference last week, and it could be the difference at the end of the season if you break things down with, with, with the wild card. Do we have a shot to win the uh, American League East? Absolutely. Four and a half games back. We, I think we wore 15 and a half or 16 at one point back. Now it's four and a half. So, yes, we do have a chance to go out there and win the American League East outright. We need to win the series that we're supposed to win. Every game matters because I'm going to give you the, the breakdown here for the playoffs. No one's talking about it right now, but here's what happens. The six teams that make the playoffs from each league, six from the American League, six from the National League. Now, in the American League, whoever wins the American League East, the Central and the West, those are the top three teams. You have the three wildcard teams, four, five, and six, we're going to call them. So when the season's over, let's just say right now that the Yankees hold on, they win the American League East, which is a big if at this point. But let's say they win it, uh, Cleveland wins it, and Houston wins the West. 
All right. Well, Houston has the best record right now, 88 wins. Let's say they're number one. So Houston will be one. The Yankees will be two. Cleveland will be three. Now, the fourth place team will be the first wild card. Let's just say that's us. And then you have five and six, whomever that might be. It goes back and forth, as you know. But why is it important that we maintain where we are and keep winning each and every game? Because if you look, if you look, the fifth and sixth teams, when the wild card starts, you have the two teams, the top two teams get buys. So there's going to be six teams. Now, with the top two teams getting buys, that means that the third place team, which whoever that might be in the American League, the third place team will play the sixth place team. Now the sixth place team will be the third wild card. That leaves four and five. Four and five, four is the first wild card team. So we need to be able to hang on to that number four spot, which is the first wild card spot, so that we host the playoff. It's a best of three series that stays at one ballpark. It doesn't go back and forth. So if we finish anything less than fourth, if we finish the second wild card or the third wild card, we will not get a home game in the first round of the playoffs. That's why it's so important that every game matters, every out matters, every at-bat matters. We want to, if we do not win the American League East, we want to be able to finish first wild card so that we are guaranteed hosting the fifth team in the first round of the playoffs down here. So that's why you don't pitch to Aaron Judge in a roundabout way in the second inning of a game in September. You pitch around him. If he gets on base, he gets on base. You know, if there's a base open at any point during the game that he's up, give it to him. It's not worth it. You know, yeah, people say, well, he's not really hitting the changeup that well or the split finger. He's not. He's having some troubles with that. Walk him. Put him on base. Take your chances with the rest of the team because I'll tell you what, I haven't seen anybody on the rest of that team that I'm afraid of that's going to beat me. Let someone else beat you in that situation. So we have the Franco News. We also have um, Glass now. Glassnow is going to be coming back in some way, shape, or form. They're throwing around some ideas, whether you want to have him as a starter, whether you want to have him as a reliever, maybe a quick start situation um, to minimize some risk maybe. I I say he's used to being a starter, right? So let him prepare to start a game when he's ready to come back. This way... You don't have to worry about him getting up quick in the bullpen, not taking enough time to get ready possibly, and uh, aggravating, re-aggravating an injury. Let's let's do what he's used to doing and getting him in there. If you look at the pitching staff, we were number three in pitching staff in all of baseball, 3.27 ERA. That's our pitching staff. And now the bats are coming alive. Now we have Franco coming back. I'll tell you what. Nobody wants to play the Rays in a playoff series. No one. So we have everything going for us right now. It's like the perfect storm. Everyone's coming back. We're getting healthier. Everyone's ready to play. And I think that the odds are good right now that we keep the momentum going 
and get everyone on the same page like they've been and win these series, win the games. You know, Cash needs to be able to look at these games and maybe not make some of the adjustments that he makes when he makes them. Let's go ahead and let the players play and play it out on the field and not overthink some scenarios. So hopefully all those things come together this weekend for the Rays. Um, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some more baseball news. There are some changes that are proposed and voted upon. And it's going to come into play next year. We're going to be a little bit interested to talk about. So we'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Sports fans, welcome back. Number here, 877-448-7901. Sports at Power 901.com. Before we get into the football, I want to finish up the baseball talk because yesterday, Major League Baseball voted on implementing some rules for the season next year, the 2023 season. And those rules include a first ever pitch clock, the elimination of the shift, bigger bases, and a limit to how many times a pitcher can engage from the rubber. So all you baseball purists out there, you're going to be turning over in your graves listening to what's going on here. For the life of me, I'm not sure what they're trying to change. They're saying that they want to make it safer for the players, get more action in the game, and not let it take as long to play the games. First of all, the average game right now is three hours and four minutes. It's down six minutes from last year, which is the all-time high of three hours and 10 minutes. So obviously, they want to try to get under the three-hour mark for some reason. Not quite sure why that is so important to them. Now, let's let's talk about the... Um, not the shift, but let's talk about the pitch clock. You want to have a 15-second uh, pitch clock or 20 seconds if someone's on base. What's that going to do? Well, I think that if a pitcher has not started the motion to deliver a pitch before the expiration of the clock, he's going to be charged with a ball. Now, if a, if a batter delays entering the box, then he's going to be charged with a strike. So, again, what they're trying to change is to speed up the game in that scenario. Pitchers are going to have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 seconds with a runner on base. Hitters need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. So, you know, is that going to be a major deterrent? To pitchers and, and hitters I don't see it that way but I, I guess that's yet to be seen the other change that they're talking about is pickoffs you know after a third step off of the rubber the pitcher is going to be charged with the balk 
unless at least one offensive player advances a, a base. So they're, they're, they're trying to change action on the base paths as well, but they're changing the aesthetics of the sports. So I, I really don't agree with that one as well. I'm okay with the pitch count in some situations, so go ahead and have the timed pitch count. But the one, the, the one that really is bothering me is this shift. So what they're saying is that with the new rule, at the time a pitch is thrown, there will need to be four infielders on the dirt and two on each side of second base. And, of course, players will be able to move as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Now, if the hitting team reaches base and runners advance on a ball hit under the violation, the game proceeds without penalties. If the play has any other consequences, like an out, a sacrifice, whatever it might be, the hitting team can now decide either to accept the penalty, which would add one ball to the hitter's count, or decline it, and the play would stand. And again, what are they trying to do? The league-wide batting average is down to .243 this season, the lowest since 1968. And a lack of singles is probably what the heart of the decline is. So what they're trying to do is get more people to get hits. There's, I'll tell you, there's a lot of uh, left-handed batters right now that I think are licking their chops liking this rule, but everything else about it, I think, is taken away from the game. You're going to tell me that if there's a shift right now, the way it stands, and you put three people on between first and second base, you just have one person on the left side of the infield there, that a major league player cannot figure a way to go out there and take advantage of that situation. Uh, perhaps a bunt? I don't know. Just spitballing here. But how long would it take a 10-year-old a, a playing Little League Baseball when the manager tells him, listen, you want to hit the ball where they ain't? Isn't that the saying in baseball? Put it where they ain't? Well, if there's three people on the right side and the third baseman is over where the shortstop usually plays, that 10-year-old kid can figure out after about two at-bats, listen, if I just tap the ball down the third base side, I can probably walk to first base. They can figure it out, but obviously Major League Baseball has a problem with that. They're more concerned about launch angle, about exit velocity, how far the home run is hit, all the analytics stuff, which I think is really ruining the game of baseball. So those are the, the, the rule changes that are going to come into effect next year. Like them or not, they're going to be in place. So I guess that'll create some more learning curves for people what to do. Will it change the, anything in the game? No, it's not going to. You're going to see more right-handed batter, more left-handed batters getting hits. I think people like G-Man Choi. I think will you know enjoy uh, that kind of change. Uh, other than that, I don't see anything that is really there for, and I think it ruins the game. You should be able to put the people in the field where they want to play, and it's up to the team or person at the plate to figure out how to get on base. Come on, if you brought all the infielders into the dirt and you have seven players, and the pitcher right there. 
don't you think that they would find a way to put the ball over their heads into the outfield? Of course they would. Same thing with the shift. There's ways to be able to figure it out. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see those ways because these guys do not want to bunt, and they're going to just wait till this rules change next year. Anyway, that's what it is. Sports with Power 901 is the email. Email me. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why you think we should keep these rules. All right, switching gears over to football. Like I said, this is the weekend, week one of the NFL that we've all been waiting for. There was a great game on Thursday night, which was the first game. I say great game. It was great in the sense that you know, football is back. Two very, very good teams. Buffalo and the Rams. Buffalo went on the road and beat the defending Super Bowl champs. I believe it was 31 to 10 or something like that. Um, Allen looked very, very good uh, from the quarterback position for Buffalo. I believe Buffalo is the odds-on champion in Vegas to win the Super Bowl this year. The Bucks are going to have something to say about that, I believe. Talk about the Bucks. what's going on this weekend. Of course, everyone knows by now that Tomorrow night is the kickoff over at uh, Jerry's World in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. The whole world is going to be waiting in anticipation to see Tom Brady out there playing. And, of course, there will be all the questions about what's going on with Brady. Is he okay? Is, you know, it's all the stuff that's been going on since training camp. The best thing that could happen to Brady's to go out there and have a good game and the Bucks win. The worst thing that could happen to him is to go out there, the Bucks lose, don't have a good game, and then he's going to hear all the questions and everything else about, well, what's really going on? So I think that for the Bucks to win, which they have a very, very good chance, I, I do think they're going to win the game. I don't think that... The Cowboys, number one, have the offensive tools to beat Tampa this year. I don't think that, and as you know, last year we beat them 31-29. Brady did his thing in the last couple minutes. We pulled that one out. Don't forget, on offense for Dallas, Tyron Smith is out with that injury, the torn ACL, I believe. They have a ton of inexperience on the offensive line, and I think that's going to show against a tough Bucks defense. Talk about Dallas. Are they going to play Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott from the running back position? I think that over the last couple of years, they've been splitting time. Pollard started off you know, maybe taking 20% of the snaps, 30% of the snaps, probably now up to 50-50. So I think that you know, Elliott's going to be gone next year. Pollard will have his chance maybe next year. For right now, it's going to probably be split 50-50. So you have Dak Prescott. People talk about him. Of course, he missed a lot of time. He had that uh, ankle injury. He came back. And it, it doesn't seem like the same guy to me. I, I think, th I don't know, since the injury, I don't know if it's... Um, you know, mental, if it's physical, whatever it might be. I think he, he still says all the right things, and I, I believe his teammates are still buying into the fact that he's the leader of that team. But with a, with a poor offense, I, I don't think they have the weapons, and I think that you're going to see some frustration on his part. Now, the, the cons, if you will, there's always pros and cons to the Bucks is that the Dallas Cowboys have a good defense. Um, 
borderline very good to be honest with you so are they going to be able to cause some problems for Brady and the offensive line don't forget there's been some holes that needed to be filled there Jensen going down you got a couple other injuries some inexperience on our offensive line as well the difference is Brady knows how to get rid of the ball very very quickly I mean, you don't stay alive in this league from a uh, quarterback standpoint for 23 years, not knowing how and when to get out of the to get the ball out of your hand and in what situations. So I do think that you know there's going to be 90,000 fans there. People will be cheering. I've heard that a lot of times in Dallas. Uh, the opposing team's fans travel well there. I guess to see the nice stadium and whatnot there at the AT&T Stadium. So. Bucks fans travel well. Let's hope that they uh, have a good representation there. And I do look for the Bucks to be able to go out and win this game. I'm going to say something like um, 27-21, something like that. Again, let me know what you think. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com if you want to shoot me an email that way. Let me know what you think the Bucks are going to be their record this year. I'm saying they're going to go uh, 11 and 6. I'm saying 11 and 6, obviously, make the playoffs and um, go deep from there. 877 448 We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on the Jimmy B Sports Show. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and T-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now. back to the show back to the jimmy b sports show on power 90.1 college football fans welcome back to the show i know last week if you're a florida gator fan you were very happy at the outcome of that game if you're a seminoles fan very happy at the outcome of that game uh, USF fan, uh, maybe not so much, but let's talk about some of the games last week. Alabama rolled over Utah State. Great game was Ohio State and Notre Dame. It was um, 10-7. Notre Dame was winning that game at halftime. Ohio State did pull out a touchdown in each of the last two quarters to go ahead and win that one, and that got them to drop from second to third in the standings, believe it or not, because Georgia 49-3 to over number 11, Oregon. So the teams that look tough continue to look tough. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, A&M won 31 to zip against uh, Sam Houston. Florida moved up into the top uh, I think 12 right now. Uh, Michigan won 51 to 7. So you get into the games right now. After the first couple weeks, there's not much that you can um, say about the teams. No major upsets at this point as we get into week two this week. Uh, Florida has another tough game. They're playing Kentucky. I think that's going to be a challenge for Florida this week uh, in the swamp. I think that uh, Tennessee-Pittsburgh is going to be a good game up there in Pittsburgh. I think Baylor and BYU is going to be great as well. 
BYU has a couple injuries to their receivers I'm hearing right now. Not sure if that'll come into play. People ask me about the Alabama-Texas game. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Texas is 1-0, but I do think that Bama is head and shoulders above them. With Bryce Young as a Heisman Trophy winner candidate, again, I don't see them uh, having much problem with Texas, actually. Uh, so you do have some decent games. I think last week's games may have been a little bit more exciting, but you never know. There are some good games on the ticket right now. So I think it's important that when we talk about college football, you always have during the course of the year, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have people that want to go into the trading portal. I know that LSU had a, um, a player last week after that loss to Florida State wanting to go um, and, and transfer, the transfer portal, go to a different team. And you're going to have that in football, the way things are set up now, especially with the NIL rules and the regulations of what's going on. So college football is turning into a monopolized um, subset of the NFL, in my opinion. I don't think it's good for college football, the road that they're going down with these super conferences and, you know, with, with players getting compensated, some outrageous amount of um, monetary dollars in some situations. I don't see how that's good for the game at all. As a matter of fact, I think there's going to cause uh, the college game to dissipate and eventually go away from what we remember it as. Uh, you know, growing up, of course, you had all the conferences, you had certain games, certain television stations broadcasting conferences at a certain time during the day on a Saturday, something to look forward to as far as that goes. Now with all the money out there, you have these super deals being billion dollar contracts with the Big Ten. Uh, just, just really getting out of hand in my opinion. You're seeing coaches leaving the sport, especially on the college basketball side of it. Uh, we'll get more into that as when that season comes around. But you're going to see more um, college football coaches, I believe, going by the sideline as well, even though that is the big moneymaker for most of the colleges is the football program. So I, I do think that as we get excited about the college football season, you're going to see some of the teams that were there last year be there again, and they're going to be here again the following year because that's where the players are going to go because that's who's offering them the most amount of money, honestly, whether it be through um, sponsorships, whether it be through uh, alumni deals, local businesses, whatever it may be. And uh, the schools that are able to do it are the schools that are going to go to be able to recruit the players. And uh, that's the way it's going to be. So with that said, you do look forward to the games. I think, like I mentioned, there's some good games this weekend. Let's hope that uh, Florida can pull that one out against Kentucky and uh, USF. Disappointed last week against BYU. It was 28 nothing before you really even sat down in your seat at the stadium. There was a couple hour rain delay and lightning at Raymond James but once they took the, the field I think USF wished that it was still bad weather because like I said they were down four scores before you could even you know, sit down so I think that uh, all the 
news and everything we heard in the off season about the program being revamped and looking forward to it. I, I think that they do have some things to work on and show us fans why we should get out there and share them on. Of course, it's the local team. We want to do that. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to continue the show on the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Tired of trying to catch the big red bus? One Blood has comfortable and convenient donation centers all around the Tampa Bay area, like in Plant City at 2909 James L. Redmond Parkway, Suite Number 6. Not only are you helping others by donating blood or plasma, you can earn free gifts for your donation, like gift cards and T-shirts. Restrictions apply. Call Donation Center for current offer details. Make a difference. Call and make your appointment today. In the Plant City area, call 813-752-7638. That's 813-752-7638. Now, now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. So tomorrow, when we're waiting for 8.15 for the Bucks game, we have a whole afternoon of football to look forward to. Some of the more interesting games, I think, is going to be uh, New England at Miami. The Patriots never do well down there, it seems. And, of course, right now with uh, Mac Jones up there and Tua in Miami, it should be interesting to see the dynamics of what happens in that one. Of course, you have Cleveland and Carolina. That's interesting because you have Baker Mayfield starting for Carolina now against his former team, Cleveland. So that should be a good game at 1 o'clock. Then you have Green Bay at Minnesota in a 425 game. Uh, of course, you have Rodgers. I think it's going to be a closer game than some people think, and Minnesota may even beat Green Bay at home. And then you have uh, Kansas City and Arizona. Could be interesting with Mahomes going against Arizona. They give up a lot of touchdowns in the air, Arizona I'm talking about, so that's not a good sign for them. And then, of course, you have the Monday night game of Denver at Seattle. That's intriguing because Denver's new quarterback, of course, is Russell Wilson playing against his old team, Seattle. So should be a great week of football, both on the college and on the NFL scene. Love to hear your comments. Next week, we're going to be talking some fantasy football. Give everyone a week to see what happens with their picks. We'll get back at it next week. In closing, I want to say the sports world lost a great fan this week as well as a great leader. Of course, I'm talking about Queen Elizabeth II, uh, 96 years old. We lost her on um, Thursday, I guess it was. She was a ruling monarch for 70 years. That's amazing. Uh, That's older than probably 90% of the people that listen to sports these days. And I'll tell you, she was not only a great figure, on the the world scene, but she was also a great sports fan. A lot of people don't realize how much she loves sports, especially her horse racing. In 2013, she won the, uh, she was the first reigning monarch to win the Ascot Gold Cup winning uh, horse championship. She liked to ride the horses, breed them. Um, She also was a very big cricket fan, football, and of course, Wimbledon. So, as the world mourns a loss of Queen Elizabeth, we also had the opportunity 
to see what she has done over the years and she was a great advocate I think in a lot of ways so we're gonna miss her in all different ways and um, guys that's all the time that we have this week hopefully everyone has a good weekend enjoy the Rays hopefully taking at least two out of three and not pitching to Mr. Judge and Tampa Tom having a great showing for us and bringing home a victory on Sunday night. Guys, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. You guys make the show. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe, and above all, stay positive. Talk to you next week on the Jimmy B Sports Show.